Act 1, Scene 4, page 730 to 735. Act 1, Scene 4, page 730. Scene 4. It is the middle of the night, several months later. The stage is dark except for a little light which comes through the skylight in Peter's room. Everyone is in bed. Mr. and Mrs. Frank lie on the couch in the main room, which has been pulled out to serve as a makeshift double bed. Margot is sleeping on a mattress on the floor in the main room behind a curtain, stretched across for privacy. The others are all in their accustomed rooms. From outside, we hear two drunken soldiers singing Lil I Marley. A girl's high giggle is heard. The sound of running feet is heard coming closer and then fading in the distance. Throughout the scene, there is the distant sound of airplanes passing overhead. A match suddenly flares up in the attic. We dimly see Mr. Van Dan. He is getting his bearings. He comes quickly down the stairs and goes to the cupboard where the food is stored. Again, the match flares up and is as quickly blown out. The dim figure is seen to steal back up the stairs. There is quiet for a second or two, broken only by the sound of airplanes and running feet on the street below. Suddenly, out of the silence and in the dark, we hear Anne scream. Anne, screaming, no, no, don't, don't take me. She moans, tossing and crying in her sleep. The other people wake, terrified. Dussel sits up in bed, furious. Dussel, shh, Anne, shh. Anne, still in her nightmare, save me, save me. She screams and screams. Dussel gets out of bed, going over to her, trying to wake her. Dussel. Quiet, quiet. You want someone to hear? In the main room, Mrs. Frank grabs a shawl and pulls it around her. She rushes into Anne, taking her in her arms. Mr. Frank hurriedly gets up, putting on his overcoat. Margot sits up, terrified. Peter's light goes on in his room. Mrs. Frank to Anne in her room. Hush, darling, hush. It's all right, it's all right. Over her shoulder to Dussel. Will you be kind enough to turn on the light, Mr. Dussel? Back to Anne. It's nothing, my darling. It was just a dream. Dussel turns on the light in the bedroom. Mrs. Frank holds Anne in her arms. Gradually, Anne comes out of her nightmare, still trembling with horror. Mr. Frank comes into the room and goes quickly to the window, looking out to be sure that no one outside has heard Anne's screams. Mrs. Frank holds Anne talking to her softly. In the main room, Margot stands on a chair, turning on the center hanging lamp. A light goes on in the Van Dan's room overhead. Peter puts his room on, robe on, coming out of his room. Dussel, to Mrs. Frank, blowing his nose. Something must be done about that child, Mrs. Frank. Yelling like that? Who knows, but there's somebody on the streets? She's endangering all of our lives. Mrs. Frank. Anne, darling, 
Stussel. Every night she twists and turns. I don't sleep. I spend half my night shushing her. And now it's nightmares. Margot comes to the door of Anne's room, followed by Peter. Mr. Frank goes to them, indicating that everything is all right. Peter takes Margot back. Mrs. Frank to Anne. You are here, safe. You see, nothing has happened. To Dessel. Please, Mr. Dessel, go back to bed. She'll be herself in a minute or two. Won't you, Anne? Dessel, picking up a book and a pillow. Thank you, but I'm going to the WC, the one place where there's peace. He stalks out. Mr. Van Dan in underwear and trousers comes down the stairs. To Dessel. What is it? What happened? Dussel. A nightmare. She's having a nightmare. Mr. Van Dan. I thought someone was murdering her. Dussel. Unfortunately, no. He goes into the bathroom. Mr. Van Dan goes back upstairs. Mr. Frank in the main room sends Peter back to his own bedroom. Mr. Frank. Thank you, Peter. Go back to bed. Peter goes back to his room. Mr. Frank follows him, turning out the light and looking out the window. Then he goes back to the main room and gets up on a chair, turning out the center hanging lamp. Mrs. Frank to Anne, would you like some water? Anne shakes her head. Was it a very bad dream? Perhaps if you told me. Anne, I'd rather not talk about it. Mrs. Frank, poor darling, try to sleep then. I'll sit here right beside you until you fall asleep. She brings a stool over, sitting there. Anne, you don't have to. Mrs. Frank, but I'd like to stay with you. Very much, really. Anne, I'd rather you didn't. Mrs. Frank, good night then. She leans down to kiss Anne. Anne throws her arms up over her face, turning away. Mrs. Frank, hiding her hurt, kisses Anne's arms. You'll be all right then? There's nothing that you want? Will you please ask father to come? Mrs. Frank, after a second. Of course, Anne, dear. She hurries out into the other room. Mr. Frank comes to her as she comes in. She's asking for you. Mr. Frank, sensing her hurt. Edith. Dear, look. Mrs. Frank. It's all right. I thank dear God that at least she turns to you when she needs comfort. Go in, Otto. She's hysterical because of fear. As Mr. Frank hesitates, go to her. He looks at her for a second and then goes to get a cup of water for Anne. Mrs. Frank sinks down on the bed, her face in her hands, trying to keep from sobbing aloud. Margaret comes over to her, putting her arms around her. She wants nothing of me. She pulled away when I leaned down to kiss her. Margot, it's a phase. You heard father. Most girls go through it. They turn to their fathers at this age. They give all their love to their fathers. Mrs. Frank, you weren't like this. You didn't shut me out. Margot, she'll get over it. 
She smooths the bed for Mrs. Frank and sits beside her a moment as Mrs. Frank lies down. In Anne's room, Mr. Frank comes in, sitting down by Anne. Anne flings her arms around him, clinging to him. In the distance, we hear the sound of Akak. Anne. Oh, Pim, I dreamed that they came to get us. The green police. They broke down the door and grabbed me and started to drag me out the way they did Jopi. Mr. Frank, I want you to take this pill. Anne, what is it? Mr. Frank, something to quiet you. She takes it and drinks the water. In the main room, Margaret turns out the light and goes back to her bed. Mr. Frank to Anne, do you want me to read to you for a while? Anne, no, just sit with me for a minute. Was I awful? Did I yell terribly loud? Do you think anyone outside could have heard? Mr. Frank. No, no. Lie down quietly now. Try to sleep. Anne. I'm a terrible coward. I'm so disappointed in myself. I think I've conquered my fears. I think I'm really grown up. And then something happens. And I run to you like a baby. I love you, Father. I don't love anyone but you. Mr. Frank, reproachfully, and Nell! Anne, it's true. I've been thinking about it for a long time. You're the only one I love. Mr. Frank, it's fine to hear you tell me that you love me, but I'd be happier if you said you loved your mother as well. She needs your help so much. Your love. Anne, we have nothing in common. She doesn't understand me. Whenever I try to explain my views on life to her, she asks me if I'm constipated. Mr. Frank, you heard her very much just now. She's crying. She's in there crying. Anne, I can't help it. I only told the truth. I don't want her here. And then, with sudden change, oh, Pim, I was horrible, wasn't I? And the worst of it is, I can stand off and look at myself doing it. I know it's cruel, and yet I just can't stop doing it. What's the matter with me? Tell me. Don't say it's just a phase. Help me. Mr. Frank, there is so little that we parents can do to help our children. We can only try to set a good example. Point the way. The rest you must do yourself. You must build your own character. Anne, I'm trying. Really, I am. Every night I think back over all the things I did that day that were wrong. Like putting the wet mop in Mr. Dussel's bed. And this thing now with Mother. I say to myself, that was wrong. I make up my mind. I'm never going to do that again. Never. Of course, I may do something worse. But at least I'll never do that again. I have a nicer side, Father. A sweeter, nicer side. But I'm scared to show it. I'm afraid that people are going to laugh at me if I'm serious. So the mean Anne comes to the outside, and the good Anne stays on the inside. And I keep on trying to switch them around, and have the good Anne outside, and the bad Anne inside, and be what I'd like to be, and might be, if only, only. As Anne falls asleep, Mr. Frank watches her for a moment, and then turns off the light and starts out. The light dims out, the curtain falls on the scene. Anne's voice is heard dimly at first, and then with growing strength. Anne's voice. The air raids are getting worse. They come over day and night. The noise is terrifying. 
Pim says it should be music to our ears. The more planes, the sooner we will come to the end of the war. Mrs. Van Dan pretends to be a fatalist. What will be, will be. But when planes come over, who is the most frightened? No one else but Patronella. Monday, the 9th of November, 1942. Wonderful news. The Allies have landed in Africa. Pim says that we should look for an early finish to the war. Just for fun, he asked each of us what was the first things we wanted to do when we got out of here. Mrs. Van Dan longs to be home with her things, her needlepoint, chairs, the Beckenstein piano her father gave her, the best money could buy. Peter would like to go to the movies. Mr. Dussel wants to get back to his dentist drill. He's afraid he's going to lose his touch. For myself, there are so many things. To ride a bike again, to laugh until my belly aches, to have new clothes from the skin out, to fill a tub, to overflow and wallow in it for hours, to go back to school with my friends. As the last lines are being said, the curtain rises, the lights dim on as Anne's voice fades away.